Stand by to the floor in five, four, three, two, one. Coming to you live from the rich heartland of Altamont Springs, Florida, it's The Vic Show with Victor Bowers, brought to you by Super Channel WACX-TV. Take it away! Greetings, it's The Vic Show. It's the beginning of Christmas here on the Vic Show, right? Yes. Yes. Fun times. Oh, is the bubble machine on? I gotta let's see if my machine's working today. Oh, it's not plugged in. Well, we still have. Oh wait, it is because I have my special thingy. Ah, look at that. Ah, I love technology. Vic Show greetings. Victor Bowers here. Yes. <laughs> today's song today's song is by the waitresses it's called Christmas Wrapping I think it came out in 1981 and it's my favorite Christmas song Uh oh. <laughs> We're running into Christmas. We're running into Christmas. Balls are bouncing. <laughs> well, it is. See? It's a bouncing ball. Running into Christmas. Okay, I'm going to run into the control room. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. I'm coming into the control room. Hey. Woo. Hey. You, you need a plastic dart on your head. Okay. It's Christmas time. It is, people. It's a time we celebrate God coming in the flesh as us. I know you've heard the story a billion times, but we can't stop telling it or dancing to it. It's a celebration. It's when the king of the universe came, not in a big tank with an army and angry to blow up the world. No, that's what the world wants. That's what the world says. The king of the universe came weak, unassuming. It was an unnotable event. It was overlooked. No one knew what was going on. No one knew, except people who weren't supposed to know. The foreigners, the outsiders, the lowlifes, the shepherds, the crooks, the prostitutes. Those who were looking for something different. That's who he came to. That's who showed up. Shepherds and foreigners. That's who showed up. Shepherds and foreigners showed up to the birth of the king of the universe. God. Man. His name is Jesus. We know the story. Everybody knows the story. You can't help but know the story. 
Okay. Anyway. It's a Vic show, and I'm on fire with Christmas cheer. <laughs> yes. It hit me like two minutes ago when I put on this hat and crown. You know, because more is always better sometimes. Looks pretty good. It's quite fetching, I think. It's a new look. Maybe it'll go viral on social media. Speaking of social media, Vic show. Official Vic show on YouTube and Instagram. <laughs> Where is it? Heavens. It's. <laughs> Window tint solution does wonders. <laughs> Did I get some in your eye, Terry? <laughs> what are you look? What are you looking at, Sammy Sloth? Oh. oh, Linda doesn't like you anyway, so off with you. Linda Markowitz had a beef about Sammy Sloth, so I don't want any complaints. I only want compliments. I only want compliments. <laughs> I'm joking. <sighs> well. We'll talk about it. We'll come up with a compromise. Hello, Santa. What were you drinking last night? Because your cheeks are really rosy. Mmm. So, guys, did we get my my um, my little machine here fixed? The sound machine? Because I had people at church yelling at you. They're like, why do they give you equipment that doesn't work? And I'm like, well, it's a long story. And it's not their fault. It's all our fault. We're all sharing the... No, we're not. But it sounds good for now. But folks, this is the real deal. So, um, and someone sent in some Pop-Darts. Pop-Darts, not Pop-Tarts. And um, I never knew what they were. Apparently, they're kind of trending on the social media platforms. But they're, um, they're like darts or something. Is this, is this how we practice? <laughs> hey, Rick, can I throw one at you? Oh, I need to throw a yellow one at you. Sorry. Oh, look. It landed right where it's supposed to. Rick, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if I can hit the wall back there. Well, I hit the screen, but it didn't stick. Okay. Pop-Darts, brought to you by um, Pop-Darts. Anyway, fun times. We'll be developing that routine as we go along here. <laughs> oh, my. Huh? Preach it. Preach it. Yeah, last night, um, last night I, I did a rehearsal. I'm, um, I'm playing, I play violin, and I'm playing out at um, Discovery Church, which is in, uh, out near the Florida Mall now. They moved to a beautiful new facility out there, and they invited me to come play in their Christmas program uh, for Christmas Eve. They do several Christmas Eve services. So we had a rehearsal last night, and, you know, just sitting there with all the music and just, the, you know, just 
they have just amazing technology and a huge LED wall and singers and and Christmas tree. I mean, just amazing, huge new facility. And um, and I'm just sitting there on my little bench, you know, and playing. And it just I just struck, you know, all the all the all the effort we go through at Christmas time to celebrate and to do what we do. And the world does it too. In, uh, the, in the retail sector and in uh, everywhere. The whole world takes a shift at this time of the year. And, um, you know, it's all because of an event that happened. It didn't happen on December 25th. But that's the day we celebrate it. Um, but it did happen. And it was the coming of a child, the birth of a child, which happens every day. There's children born every day of the year, all the time. There always have been. That's why we have human beings. And, um, but the birth of this one kid, this one boy, this one baby, to this couple, Mary and Joseph. Again, you know the story. The world knows the story. The Holy Family. You've seen, you've seen the pictures and the images and the graphics everywhere. But, um, why is that so compelling and why do we keep talking about it? Is this crown too reflective? There you go. Maybe that's better. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and so just thinking about that and, and wanting to share some things. And I have to admit, you know, and I don't think I'd ever admit this. I'd say it in public, but I enjoyed doing the show. I'm finally getting, I think, a groove. I think we all are getting a groove. And... Um, and, I, you know, I still, the, the Vic Show, is, that's just a name it is, because um, that's part of my name, and that's just, someone gave it that name, and it stuck. We had to get something together in a day, and that's what we got. And, um, but I think it's bigger than that, and it's, it's, you know, it's through the foolishness of preaching that this story is being relayed to you. And it's through the foolishness of preaching that any of this is happening. That Christian television is what it is. That church is what it is. That everything we do, our mission in life, for all of us who are working here, are doing what we do because of that story. And I got thinking about it. The foolishness of preaching. Like me. Foolish. Look at this. Look at what, what am I doing up here with this? I don't know, but it's... It's part of just what we're doing today, talking about something that happened. The birth of a baby, little baby boy, and um, what that entails for us. And so, without further ado, however, let me... uh, mm, mm, This is a tiny straw. Hold on. Give him praise and glory. Yes. Oh, my. Right, Snoopy? Nodding. Noel. Hmm. They turned the music off on me now. I've got to find my bearings. Hold on. Don't turn it back on. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. <coughs> that was a very sad statement, Terry. Yeah. No, I was just thinking Holy Spirit, you know? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, take residence. Yes. Feel his heart. Yeah, and you, Terry, you're right on the Holy Spirit. 
already has taken residence, mm -hmm. but often it's our it's our attention to receive. To receive. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the wonderful segue, Terry. That was the Holy Spirit in action. And a takeaway: the Holy Spirit. Now that Terry brought it brought up the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit always points to Christ, but points to Christ in a way that doesn't bring attention to the, Him, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. You notice the, the Holy Spirit. This, here's a marker for you, just from my experience and also what I've read. You notice the work of the Holy Spirit in retrospect. When the Holy Spirit's acting, you don't know it. You only notice it after the event. You look back and you say, what happened? 30 seconds ago, what was I doing? But now I know what I'm doing. And that was the moving of the Holy Spirit in this interaction between two people. And you happen to be witness of it in television and the rest of the crew here. But Terry said something. She felt something. She expressed it. And it, now we're off and running. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Holy right Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is pointing to Christ. And the Holy Spirit started pointing to Christ many, many centuries before in our story. The book of Isaiah talks about and we won't go to it yet, but the book of Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet, who was the first great major prophet in the scriptures, and all throughout his, his, his book, what we call the book of Isaiah, which is, I think, around 60 some odd chapters, are dotted little passages where he starts eluding to one that will come. And, he, and Isaiah starts writing about this one person who will show up who will be like a king, who will be like a priest, who will be like a great warrior, who will be like a great healer. Um, and then sometimes he's alluded to with uh, animal-like uh, symbolism, like a lion, you know, lion or a great eagle, a great flying bird who swoops in, or like a mother hen, a very feminine nature who, 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 who protects her little chicks. And that's Isaiah talking about this one person who will come. And that was around six to 700 years before anything happened on the scene that we noticed that we call Jesus or Christ. Hold on. I'm, I'm getting hot under here. <laughs> Sorry. But what I wanted to talk to you today about, the title of my little chat is, um, what is it? Take, every, take all you want. That's the title of it. Take all you want. Take all you want. There you go. What does that mean, Victor? Well, it's Christmas time. And God has been delivering gifts. And he invites you to take as many gifts as you want. Take all that you want. God's given everything. And he's given everything fully, completely to everybody. It's open to all. It's no longer open just to the Jewish nation, which at one time in history, they were the exclusive beneficiaries of God's gifts and God's words and God's oracles and God's care. And in the ancient times, they rejected it. Show enough. Show enough. Unfortunately, it was too much. They wanted to do their own thing. We humans want to do it. No, mommy, I'll do it my way. No, dad, leave me alone. I'll take care of myself. Don't worry about me. Thanks, but no thanks. Well, that's, that's the whole mindset of the human race. You know what I'm talking about, of course. I know what's best. So the Jewish nation in ancient times, they said, thanks, God, but no thanks. 
we don't want to follow you. We'll follow. Just give us your commands. They told in, in the book of Exodus, they said, God, we thank you for your laws and your decrees. Now, bye-bye. Just take, take a hike, God. We got your word. We'll perform it. We'll do it. We don't need your righteousness. We can earn our own. You've given us the ground rules called the Torah, called the commandments, called the laws. Now we will do them. In Exodus 19, they said, everything you said before us, we will do. Exodus 19, 8 or 18, 19, around there, I forget. They said, everything you have given us to do, we will do. And God was giving them rules and regulations not to do, but to form them into people to be. But they didn't want to be a different person. They said, we'll do it. We'll be a doer. We don't want you to change who we are. We'll perform it for you. So God said, okay. And time passes and they can't. Because you can't work out your own righteousness. You can't, you can't build your own relationship with God. That's why God has built a relationship with you and invites you into it. It's a free gift. Take all you want. Right. So in Matthew 11, there's a bizarre statement that oftentimes is read something like, um, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence take it by force. That's usually how it's rendered in most translations. It's Matthew eleven twelve. The kingdom of God, the, the way it's usually read is the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And what in the world does that mean? And it totally just jumps out and where Jesus is at in his, in his sermon. Because he's talking about John the Baptist, and he's talking about um, the healings that are going on that have been happening in the prior two chapters. And then he makes a statement that most Bible translations render as, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And then he doesn't really explain it. He just goes on talking about John the Baptist. By the way, when I swallow a burp, do you all hear that? When I take a gulp, okay. <laughs> hold on. Can you hear this? Yes. <laughs> okay. That's not a sound effect. Yeah. That's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the show last week and I heard it. I'm like, wow, that's so. That's a loud gurzle, gurgle, nonetheless. So, okay. But in the NIV, which I like for this translation, it says it most correctly. Nathan, what does it say in the NIV version I gave you of Matthew eleven twelve? From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Hmm. This is a lot easier scripture translation to work with. In this one verse, this one passage, this is, and this is from the NIV, the NIV version. But as we discovered last time, there are several different NIV versions. But this NIV version says it the way it's meant to be portrayed. And this is what I want to unpack in the next few minutes. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven had, has been forcefully advancing and forceful people, forceful men, forceful humans lay hold of it, take hold of it. Forceful people 
people who are passionate, people who are not held back by pride or social custom, people who are in pain, people who have needs, people who are at the end of their rope, people who have no other alternative except to see a good thing and not care what anyone thinks. And so they take as much as they want. Victor, what are you saying? In Matthew 8 and 9, and here's another takeaway for Bible study. Never study one scripture by itself. Read the chapter before it, read the chapter after it, because everything comes in context. It's a, it, yes, it's scripture, but it's also the author telling a story. Matthew's telling a story, and he's a great writer. So he's setting up this verse by what he's written in the two prior chapters. And Victor, what are in the two prior chapters of the book of Matthew? Well, they come Matthew 8 and 9. And what happens in Matthew 8 and 9? Nathan, what's the next thing? The list, the miracles in Matthew. Christ's power over disease. So, Matthew 8, I'm going to go pretty quick, but you'll get the point. Matthew 8, he cleanses a leper. He cleanses a leper who comes to him. The leper has leprosy. You can clearly see it. And Jesus says, what can I do for you? Now, here's a leper. It's very clear. He's a leper. You can see it with your eyes. You see leprosy with your eyes. So Jesus says, hello, leper. What can I do for you? And the leper asks for healing and cleansing. And Jesus says, not only that, I'm going to also forgive your sins. The leper took as much as he wanted. Okay. Restoring a centurion servant. Next on the list, a centurion the enemy of Jews, the Roman, a Roman soldier comes to a Jewish rabbi. That never happened. The Romans were the enemies. The Romans hated the Jews. The Roman thought the Roman called the Jews dogs. They were enemies. But a Roman centurion who has somewhat, somewhat of a heart and has a servant who he loves says, my servant is sick and is near to death. If you just say the word, Jesus, I believe he will be healed because I believe in authority and I know you're a man of authority and I'm a man of authority. We get each other. We're looking each other in the eyes. But right now, I humbly ask you to heal my servant. And if you just say the word, I know he will be healed. And Jesus said, your faith is is remarkable. I've never seen faith like yours in all of Israel. And because of your faith, I'm going to honor it. Not because you're the enemy of the state or not because you're this or not because you're that. Because you have faith. Because you believe. You trust. You take me at my word. That's all God's asking. Take God at his word. Preach it. Preach it. And so the Roman centurion took as much healing as the servant needed. And the servant was healed before the day was over. Next, healing. Peter's mother-in-law. I love this one because Peter's mother-in-law wasn't even asked to be healing. She said she makes no statement in the whole discourse. And that's like one tiny verse. And at the end of the verse, Peter's mother-in-law feels so good. She gets up and makes dinner and, and feeds all the boys. Mothers love to do that. But she was sick. She could not do it. I think Jesus just healed her because he was hungry and he needed someone to make him some dinner. Hallelujah. And Peter's mother-in-law loved to make dinner. So like, just give her her healing so she can cook and make dinner. She's happy. We're happy. It's a wonderful evening. And that's what some Peter's mother-in-law took all the healing. The next, uh, cleansing a leper. Okay, what's the next on the list? Now we expand, calming a storm. They're in a boat. Jesus and his disciples are on a boat. This is out of Matthew 8 and 9. On a boat. They're about to die. They're about to lose their life. They go to, the, they go to Jesus who is sleeping. Say, Jesus, wake up. We're about to die. We're about to drown in the ocean, in the sea. Do something. 
The disciples take the, the power of Jesus' uh, power over nature, and it calms the sea. Then he goes and casts out some demons. Some demon-possessed men come to him, and Jesus casts out the demons. They take their healing. Uh, then there's a paralytic, and a, uh, there's a, he, Jesus gives some person their, their, uh, their mobility back. If you're paralyzed, you need mobility. He gives them a new set of legs, and they get around. Oh, and he also happens to forgive their sins. He gives them something they didn't even ask for and didn't even know they could get. Forgiveness of sins, which is the greatest healing. Now, the next, uh, go on down. It's two chapters of, of nonstop healing. People taking as much as they wanted. That's the point. Jesus is just walking along as the kingdom of heaven forcefully advancing. What does it say in Matthew eleven twelve? 12? It says, the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and people who are hungry and passionate are taking as much as they want. From the days of John the Baptist, go back. From the days of John the Baptist until now, this is Jesus giving us a very tiny timeline, about three years. From the days of John the Baptist until now, he's talking about his now, his now when he said that. The kingdom of heaven, he is the kingdom of heaven. He is the kingdom of heaven. He's the king of the kingdom of heaven. Whenever you talk about kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, you start with the king. Then the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, which are the same thing, by the way, flow out of the king. If you don't have a king, you don't have any kingdom. So the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. He's talking about himself. Show enough. He is the kingdom of heaven who is forcefully advancing. When Jesus was born to Mary in Bethlehem, the time we're celebrating, that was the kingdom of heaven being birthed. The kingdom of heaven came from Mary's womb came out of Mary's womb, just like the kingdom of heaven at one time existed in a box in the, te- in the book of Exodus that existed in a box called the Ark of the Covenant and was carried on the back of an ox. And then at a point in time, the kingdom of heaven still in that box, but now the box was fancy and covered with gold and jewels and it had its own special room. And there was a whole sacrificial system centered around this box called the Jewish religious system. And it had its temple and Solomon, and it was the glory of the earth. Kings and queens from the earth came to see this box. This box, which was the carrier of the kingdom of God. And then the kingdom of God left Israel's temple when Israel rebelled and floated across the valley and landed on um, Mount, Mount of Olives. And then in Jesus, the kingdom of God came back. And personified. And now Jesus is talking about himself. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. The kingdom of heaven, who, what's his name? Jesus. The Come kingdom on. of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Jesus walking the, through the Galilee. And as the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, as the kingdom of heaven named Jesus has been walking around teaching and preaching and having fun with people and going to parties and telling bizarre stories called parables, people forceful people have been laying hold of it. Forceful men, people who are broken, people who are angry, people who need healing, people who need something that they know doesn't exist, but they need it. They need healing. They need their sins forgiven. They need the demons cast out. And the Jewish religious system of that day was useless. It had no power. And it was driving the people deeper into misery. And Jesus was angry. So angry in a good way, not angry like just passionate. He's like, listen, the day has come. The kingdom of heaven is here. Take all you want. 
Give him praise and glory. Take all you want. Take if you need if you need motion. If you're paralytic, take some new legs. If you need your sins forgiven, take forgiveness. If you need a sight and you're blind, take some sight. If you need hearing when you're deaf, take your hearing. Be a forceful person and lay hold of the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. Thirty seconds. Woo. You want the kingdom of God? You want it? You say yes. The kingdom of God is already here, whether you like it or not. God has given salvation to the world in His Son. Christ has redeemed the world, whether you like it or not. God's going to get you. He'd prefer to get you living, but if not, He'll meet you in death. Because Christ has even redeemed death. It's called resurrection. We talk about that in Easter. Okay. I'm out of breath and out of time. Until later, with God, all things are possible. Bye. Bye.